0: And now, the award winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin.
1: Well, hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, right here on Voice America America's Voice. I'm proud to say I'm in my 13th year, started in 2002 on Voice America, when it was, I think, in its second year. So um, it's really grown, and my work has grown. And they're a wonderful network. I mean, they really have the best of the best in terms of anything you want to learn to help you with self-help. I think it's just a wonderful network. All right, and today we are going to be talking about courage and faith and healing, particularly for those of us, those folks who have had cancer or have loved ones who've had cancer or any other disease that um, in, in that genre, in that type. My guest today is Janet Lynn Roseman, Ph.D., and her book title is so interesting, If Joan of Arc Had Cancer, Finding Courage, Faith, and Healing from History's Most Inspirational Woman Warrior. And I want to read something from the back of the book because I loved it and it makes it so clear. Joan of Arc, the 14th century teenager who led the armies of France before facing the Inquisition, stands as the quintessential icon of feminine courage and faith. These are the attributes most needed by women facing a diagnosis of cancer or any life-threatening disease. Drawing directly from the words Joan spoke at her trial, author Janet... Lynn Roseman, presents 31 Flames of Courage and 31 Gateways to be used over the course of a month or a year to resurrect inner fortitude and create an environment for healing. Her approach encompasses body, mind, and spirit, and will help you to access and reclaim your personal power to find healing and peace in your journey. How beautifully written. Welcome, jo- welcome,
2: Janet. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here, Patricia. Yeah, I almost
1: called you Joan of Arc.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so that wouldn't be a bad you, name to have.
1: <laughs> yeah. So why did you write this? I, I, but wait, wait, let's say a little bit more about you in terms of why you wrote the book. You are the medical educator and teacher. You created the Sydney Project in Spirituality and Medicine and Compassionate Care, a program for physicians to help improve the medical culture. And you teach art space workshops for oncology patients and healthcare professionals. How noble and great. So tell oh, us. Thank you. You're welcome. Tell us how you came to choose this topic and use Joan of Arc.
2: You know, actually, Patricia, she found me. Um, it's, it's really a, a really lovely story. Um, my My mom had cancer for many years. And after she passed, I was just... A mess and really lost, and um, I just, you know, I didn't know what to do with myself. And I was walking around. I like to go to consignment stores, and before I got out of the, or well, when I got out of the car, um, going into the store, I, I was talking to my mom, and I said, you know, I need a sign, I need some hope, um, I need to know you're with me. Mm-hmm. And I walked in. I walked into the consignment store, and literally within like three minutes a huge painting fell at my feet. Really? And I pick it up. Yeah, it just fell. And I pick it up and it's a picture of Joan of Arc from probably the 30s and in in this beautiful painting she was on her horse holding her sword up high. And I thought, oh my god. I I knew it was from my mom and reminding me to have courage and Mm. I became really Beautiful. fascinated with Joan of Arc and I wanted to know more and the more I read because I, I decided to order her trials and um I read her trials and I was just so incredibly impressed by her mm. courage and her fortitude and her integrity. And mm. I've worked with oncology patients before and I certainly know that journey really well, you know, with my mom mm. for over a decade and I really wanted to pay tribute to the strength and the courage and the tenacity that people with cancer have. And and I I wanted to really destroy that mythology that people with cancer were really weak and to be pitied Mm -hmm. because Mm. I thought, my God, man, you know, their courage is just so remarkable. And that's kind of how the book started. Wow. How? That's
1: fascinating to me. That is really yeah, fascinating.
2: Yeah, that was to me, too. The
1: sign, wow. So what were the lessons? What were the lessons, and I know you talk about 31 attributes called Flames of Courage, each presenting mm-hmm. a particular theme, such as valor and trust, patience, fear, and clarity. So talk about those. What, what are some of the lessons that you want our listeners to learn from Joan of Arc?
2: Um, Well, what I tried to do is I I did create, I call them the flames of courage, and I tried to select um, attributes that I thought would really mirror the attributes that people with cancer have, and actually anybody, you know, going through a difficult time. Mm -hmm. So I I created different um, chapters on, you know, ethics and fear and clarity and personal power and... The Gift of Tears, and I kind of lead people in the first part of the book. Every chapter has a meditation at the end and a message from Joan and an excerpt from her trial that directly sort of um, under, underlines whatever attribute I might be talking about. And then the second part of the book is more reflective on, you know, really art-based reflective writing and meditation and You know, for me, the lessons really are very personal. And and everybody going through, you know, cancer or any difficult time um, has their own way of looking at it and experiencing it. And I wanted to help, I mean, particularly I wrote this for women, but I, I wanted to help them really find that strength and that courage. And also know that they don't have to battle all the time, that it's okay, you know, to surrender and to be crystal clear about, you know, who are the people that you surround, you surround yourself with and, and what is most important to you and really resurrect and find, you know, that sense of peace and that sense of um, calmness and a sense of power, a, a yeah, real sense, I, personal I, power.
1: I, I, I think one of the things you said that really resonates for me is this whole concept of surrounding yourself around the right people, Mm -hmm. with cancer or without cancer, I think. But if you don't, then it can really disempower you, And, and it makes all the difference in the world to have that support system, not to just pat you on the head, but to be there in your corner.
2: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it's fundamental in life, but particularly when you're going through a difficult time and often, you know, people say they care, but they don't, you know, it's really not what somebody says to you. It's really, are they willing to be, you know, a companion? And I have Mm -hmm. a whole chapter on, you know, choosing companions and finding your army of support because, Mm -hmm. and, and it's not like you need, 30 people. I mean it could be one or two people that you know will be there, you know, when you need them.
1: Yeah. And again, it's cultivating that as well.
2: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, and 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 being discerning, you know, being crystal clear and not letting the people in your life who don't help you or you don't feel are supportive. I mean, not allowing them to um, come in and make you feel poorly about yourself or, um, I mean, this is a really hard journey and I think it's really important to have people around that can be your friend and sometimes, you know, being a friend is not about solving a problem, but just mm-hmm. being able to talk, being able to have your
1: words witnessed. Yeah. Having someone really, really listen. You write a compelling essay at the end of the book. And it talks to women specifically um, about their health care journey and with directives for them. Can you talk about that?
2: Yes, I can. <laughs> um, I, I felt that this was really an important chapter, probably the most important chapter in the whole book. And that's because I believe that once all of us demand more from our healthcare professionals, the culture will change. But often, and in fact, I include a code of healing, um, and I'll just read you a few things. But um, you know, I will only ask for help from people in my army of support who can honor my request. I'm willing to create boundaries for myself when I'm not feeling well. I won't push myself, and I'll listen to my body's wisdom. Um, I honor kindness for myself and others, and that's true of you know healthcare providers and really insisting that you're working with people who have your best interest at heart. It's, you know, you are employing them, so you need to be really discerning on who do you want to take care of you. And, you know, often the medical system is such that, you know, unfortunately people get away with being rude and disrespectful and yes. dishonoring. Yes. And it's not not only is it not appropriate, it's not acceptable. And it's important for any patient, you know, to speak up. And it doesn't have to be confrontive. It can be, you know, doctor, I asked you questions and I don't really understand what you're telling me. Can you, you know, try again? Can you help me understand, you know, what your vision is or how you're going to take the best care of me? Or saying to, you know, a nurse, I really don't like to be spoken to like that. You know, I don't like your mm-hmm. tone or I don't appreciate mm-hmm. the way you spoke mm-hmm. to me or you mm-hmm. move my body with, you know, disrespect or what, yeah. whatever it might be. Yeah. Just speaking up. Or well, maybe and, and you, your have, and you
1: have to have the confidence in yourself to do that and the, self, the self-esteem because I think sometimes when that happens for people, they freeze and they don't know what to say. So they just, they don't say anything.
2: That's true. That's true. But um, I, I think even if that happens, when you go back, you can address it. And, you know, for example, I, you know, I've known people who've had experiences with their healthcare professionals, and they weren't very nice to them, and they accept it. You know, they don't say anything. Right. And, and that's really unfortunate because you can be the teacher, you know, you can teach healthcare practitioners to speak kinder, to be more present with you. So your job is not only as patient, but, uh, you know, I write a lot about the patient as teacher. So you have a really important role, and I think it's really important to, you know, say what you think, to be honest. I mean, this is a time for total honesty. Mm -hmm. All right,
1: we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we are talking to Janet Lynn Roseman, PhD, and her book is If Joan of Arc Had Cancer, Finding Courage, Faith, and Healing from History's Most Inspirational Woman Warrior. When we come back, we'll talk about the top three tips for maintaining personal power in the face of serious illness and how you can create an army of supportive people and also the importance of bringing compassion for yourself into this whole picture. You're listening to The Patricia Raskin Show, and I'm Patricia Raskin. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after the break.
0: Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com.
2: No matter what your current situation is, you have a unique story to your life. It's a
0: dynamically changing story that requires constant adjustments to lifestyle and environment.
2: That includes your home. As you continue to enhance your living space, you are also making overall improvements to increase the value of your home. Join Laura Miniff each Tuesday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time for dynamic insights for your home environment on the Voice America Variety Channel. And start living now.
0: Conservation starts with us. Learn about environmental concerns each week when you tune in to Our Wild World with host Ellie Weiss. Our show centers on Africa each week and what's being done to save our wildlife, ecology, and ourselves. You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at patriciaraskin.com. Now, back to The Patricia Raskin Show.
1: Hi, everyone. We are back. You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show, and I'm Patricia Raskin. And my guest by phone... Is Janet Lynn Roseman. She's a PhD. Her book is If Joan of Arc Had Cancer Finding Courage, Faith, and Healing from History's Most Inspirational Woman Warrior. Janet Lynn Roseman is the medical educator and teacher. She created the Sydney Project in Spirituality and Medicine and Compassionate Care a program for physicians to help improve the medical culture. And she teaches arts-based workshops for oncology patients and healthcare professionals. And we are talking about this book of Joan of Arc had cancer. Welcome back, Janet. Thank you. All right. Let's talk about tips, the three tips for maintaining personal power in the face of serious illness that I know you gleaned from Joan of Arc.
2: You know... That's a hard one. I would say, you know, there's a concept, which um, I do write about. It It's a Japanese concept, and the word is called wabi-sabi.
1: Oh, and, yes. I know it. And I love it
2: because yeah. it's about simplicity, and it's also about, um, you know, the idea of when you're totally in destruction, so when your life is being destroyed or really, you know, dismantled is probably a nicer way to say it, that you can create something really beautiful from that. Mm -hmm. And and I think the way to do that, which is incredibly empowering, is really to find your own strengths. And until you really go through any kind of difficult challenge or, or journey, you're not necessarily aware of just how much courage and faith that you have, you know, lying beneath, which are, you know, the same attributes that Joan had. Um, I would say probably integrity is really important and, you know, knowing how to honor yourself and also insisting on honoring yourself. I mean, that's a wonderful source of personal empowerment. Um, And I think finding that integrity is really being honest. You know, being honest and authentic and knowing what you need and what you don't need and what is helpful and what is not helpful. Mm -hmm. And thirdly, as part of that would probably be, you know, voicing. And when I say voicing, I mean using your own experiences to really be honest and voice what it is that you need. You know, and, and the way to do that is really knowing, you know, and sometimes it's a little thing like, you know, this doesn't feel right to me or mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm not really sure I want to have that particular treatment. And paying attention to that. Yeah. Yes. Paying attention to that. Yes, too. and it and it's yeah. really that intuitive voice that yeah. speaks to you and, and that's part of, you know, reclaiming your power. Mm. And, and 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 it's a process, you know, it's it's an ongoing, I think evolutionary till we die you know um learning about ourselves and learning about our integrity and learning to really speak up and you know nobody's perfect and sometimes you forget and you don't feel as strong and that's okay you know that's part of the process too
1: Yeah, I want to reflect on your book, which is really so well done and so interesting. Thank you. uh, you, Yeah, you take, and I'm going to read something from this. You take a a trait like valor, for example, or Mm -hmm. surrender, or quiet your mind, or courage, and then you explain it, and then after you explain it, you explain the trial that Joan of Arc went through, and then the message, and then you offer a meditation, So the Mm -hmm. one that I want to talk about, I don't know why, this one came to me first, is called The Gift of Tears, because a lot Mm -hmm. of us really don't cry enough. So it says, allow yourself to feel crying can be a soothing balm and a courageous act. It's a gift you can offer yourself when you're feeling stuffed, overwhelmed, or disheartened. And then you go on and explain that at length. But the trial, the excerpt from the written report by the Duke of Milan, who spent time with Joan, says, Joan has great distinction. She speaks little and shows great prudence in her choice of words. Her voice is soft. She has the gift of tears, and sometimes weeps abundantly, but as a rule, she is smiling. And then you say how he recognized her quiet nobility, and that, you know, he he thought he didn't see crying as a weakness. And then you give your own message. You talked about crying often, you talked about what people shouldn't don't worry about what people think of you. That the gift of tears is an integral part of courage, and then you give a meditation. Very beautifully done. Thank you. Please comment Thank on you. that, I, particularly you know, crying.
2: I think it has a bad rap. You know yep. that yep. you know I crying. You, you know, often people will say, especially for people with courage. Uh, sorry, people with cancer. Um, oh, you know, she never complained. She was such a trooper, um, and I really think you know it's it's our vulnerability, whether we have cancer or we're just going through life in general. You know, being vulnerable and being able to cry is really quite a beautiful thing. And it's interesting, the physiologically speaking, if you examine the tears that we cry when we're happy and the tears that we cry when we're sad they're very different chemical components which mm. i just thought was fascinating my I I friend didn't know who's that. a scientist I didn't know yeah that. so it's really you know it has a purpose we're designed to cry and it's a great outlet and you know i cry i mean i don't i sometimes i cry in places where i probably shouldn't be but i do and I think, you know, the other key to allowing yourself to cry is making sure you're in a safe space. Mm-hmm. You know, doing it, obviously, you don't want to cry in a work situation that's incredibly stressful. But really, you know, allowing yourself the privilege of crying and, you know, letting yourself surrender to that. I mean, there's great strength in that, actually. Yeah. Well,
1: and I thought what was impressive is that the Earl or the Duke who talked about Joan of Arc, he didn't criticize her for crying. In fact, he, he was very kind about it. I mean, he felt yes. it was very special.
2: Yes, and he really he saw admired her, her. And, and, you know, and recognized what a powerful woman she was. Yeah. Young yeah. girl, I should say, because yeah. she was a, young, a yeah. young woman. All right, we have a few minutes left. So let's talk
1: about um, the army of support that you need when you're going through a health crisis and what you would say about that.
2: Well, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I think it's really important to be surrounded by people, not only people that can witness what you're going through, but who aren't afraid, um, and who are able to be your companions. And I urge people to find, you know, even if you can find one person to call when you're feeling like you really, you know, need to talk and, and having sort of a, um, you know a contract with them and and maybe you don't really want them to say anything you just want them to listen and you know i'm going to call you sometimes and i really you don't need to fix it i just mm-hmm. need you to hear what i have to say mm-hmm. and and knowing that you can do that because often people are so uncomfortable they try to make it better which i'm not saying is a negative thing but sometimes all you really need to do is to express yourself and to be heard and mm-hmm. I ask people in this chapter particularly to, you know, create this army and, and to really look at who do you have in your life, you know, mm-hmm. who is really serving you, and who do you want to remove from your life because mm-hmm. this, this is a time, you know, when you're ill or having any kind of difficulties where you have to be really discerning about who you're going to let in and who right. you know gives you nurturance. Right.
1: What is your message? What would you like to leave our listeners with today about your wonderful book, If Joan of Arc Had Cancer, Finding Courage, Faith, and Healing from History's Most Inspirational Woman Warrior?
2: I guess, you know, the main thing is that everybody has courage and everybody has faith and everybody can um, help heal themselves and, you know, healing looks really different, you know, healing doesn't, there isn't a one-size-fits-all, so everybody has their own unique way, you know, of healing, and I think, you know, looking at Joan's life, which, as we know, certainly wasn't an easy one, um, that we can really glean, you know, her power, her integrity, her faith, and, and really, you know, being compassionate towards yourself, and knowing that, you know, whether you're ill or not, some you know, life is hard. Life is not always so easy. So mm-hmm. just being compassionate and, and being able to not be perfect. And, you know, often women think they have to be perfect, and guess what? We don't. You know, everybody has good days and everybody has bad days. So really listening. I, I guess the message would be listening, you know, listening to yourself and knowing what you need and not being afraid to um, ask for it.
1: Yeah, which is really great. What, um, where can people find your book? They can
2: find the book on um, Amazon.com. It's also at many Barnes & Nobles. I know it's at the Barnes & Noble in Warwick because I was there a few months ago. Um, they can also find it at New World Library online. Okay. So it's, right. it's pretty
1: available. All right, and um, last question because we're going to close. Mm-hmm. What do you think Joan of Arc would say if she knew you wrote this book? I bet nobody's asked you that question,
2: or have. They. Oh, no one has asked me that question. Um, I hope she would be proud of me. Mm. I, I hope that she would be proud of me, and she would be proud of all the women, you know, who use her as. Their companion, and in fact, as I'm talking to you, I have this huge painting I bought um, in New Orleans of uh, Joan of Arc, and um, mm-hmm. I look at it all the time, and and she inspires me, and I, you know, I often talk to her and ask her to help me, and um, she's a very, very formidable and powerful and compassionate companion, well, and. Wonderful.
1: Yeah. And you said, you know, your mother who had passed, direct you to her. Yeah. You know, by the painting falling at your feet. Wonderful. Well, I hope people will read this incredible book, If Joan of Arc Had Cancer, by Janet Lynn Grossman. Thank you so much, Janet, for being on the program.
2: Oh, thank you, Patricia. I enjoyed it.
1: Okay. Hold on for a minute. All right, folks, that wraps up this half hour. We're going to bring another guest on right after the break, right here on the Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com. We'll be right back.